Welcome to The Blender. Jason, Brennan, Dave Meltzer, thank you for listening and thank you for sharing with your friends. Uh, show listens up last week, Dave, and that's a good thing. Very good thing. And we got some great surprises for 2019 that you and I are planning for The Blender crew. Yes, and uh, we're going to try to be a little bit more out there. We're, it seems like we're everywhere last year. You were more places than I was, but uh, <laughs> that doesn't change in the upcoming month. Uh, obviously, you have some stuff here at Sports One Marketing with your holiday party, the Ornament Exchange, uh, but CES at Vegas, which is right around your birthday. I'm doing the last 50 for 50 at, at January. It's an exclusive dinner, minimum donation of $5,000 a person at the Palm right there at Caesars, and uh, it'll be the last one we had the what one of the best over a hundred and thirty thousand dollars raised last weekend uh in san clemente so what's the number up to i don't know the exact number but it's over my goal so i'm super stoked because what happens is i also have been donating through my business coaching and so that number goes through and i and for me you know i don't attach the numbers and the resistance that's created by it i just want to be very grateful to every single person that's donated and really encourage anyone out there please come to my 50 for 50 at ces all right that's the last one that'll be early january the 9th and the 10th one of those days we'll get that tightened up as we get closer uh, if you want to donate, you can still text 50 to 450 to 555-888. Money goes to the Unstoppable Foundation. Lots of good stuff. And we have about a minute left before we really get the meat of the show going. Tell people about the Unstoppable Foundation. You know, the cool thing about the Unstoppable Foundation is every penny goes towards the programming. So they have a separate fund that funds the administration. So all donations, 100%, goes to that to health, with water, financial services, medical care. It's to create a sustainable community where they don't exist in Africa. And so, uh, you know, it's extraordinary that we 75,000 people have been impacted. And I'm building community centers there. All right. Well, five 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 eight eight eight. That's the number to text to fifty four fifty. Uh, also, we'll be in New York at the Super Bowl in Atlanta in early February, and then it really becomes your season. But we'll get into that next year. There's your way, season, the Masters, way buddy. Way too much uh, coming up, including season three of the Elevator Pitch. But all that and more when we get back. Jason Brennan, Dave Meltzer, this is The Blender. Welcome back to The Blender. Jason Brennan, Dave Meltzer. You can follow Dave on Instagram, at David Meltzer. Uh, I'm at Jason M. Brendan. You can also find the website, DaveMeltzer.com or Sports One Marketing. Uh, we appreciate your comments and suggestions, and sometimes they even make it in the show. So uh, 2019, we're going to switch things up a little bit and do some new stuff for the show, and uh, your comments are appreciated. Dave, uh, you talk about you know making sure you take time for your health, making sure you take time for the important things in your life, and I only bring that up because you're everywhere, right? So yeah. when you look at your calendar, I get tired reading it sometimes, and uh, but you always get back to family, health, and the important things in your life, right? Yeah. I th oh, good. But So I, I want to bring that up because Urban Meyer is retiring again. I don't know if it's health-related, but uh, that's always one of the things he at least cites when these things come up. And uh, I want your opinion on that. Yeah, he does have a cyst on his brain that supposedly causes severe headaches upon having stress. <laughs> and I can't think of a more stressful year, let alone a more stressful job, than being the head coach of Ohio State Buckeyes in losing one game, uh, you know, and being that close to the, the championship. So uh, what, what I think is interesting is no matter how successful you are and all the things you get to do, the opportunities that exist in your life, whether you're an athlete, a celebrity, an entertainer, a key CEO, or a head football coach, dream jobs, as they say, there comes a point in your life where you realize, holy crap, if I'm not here, my family doesn't matter. 
my business doesn't matter. My brand, my whatever, it doesn't matter. And so uh, I think it's really important for people to take note of whether or not Urban Meyer has severe headaches every time he gets stressed or not. Just take note to what's important in life, which is if you're not happy and healthy, nothing else matters. I just recently told my wife, you know, was, was leaving. I said, well, you know, I do prioritize my workouts over my family. And she's like, gave me the screw. Like, are, are you kidding? This isn't what you teach. I go, it's exactly what I teach. Because if I don't get to my workout, I, I know I'm supposed to spend time with my eight-year-old, which means I better stretch myself that day to still have time for my eight-year-old son to play on the weekend. But I'm going to do my workout first before anything else. Because if I'm not here, what good am I to my eight-year-old? And that's a good point that I think uh, sometimes gets lost when people talk about the schedule and the really the capacity that one person might have. You talk about quarterbacks and you use the term processing speed, which you picked up from Warren Moon, who's a great person to learn from when it comes to talking about quarterbacks and business, as it turns out, right? Not too bad in that area as well. But um, when you talk about quarterbacks being the the senator or the president of their team, right? How Talk about the CEO and the quarterback and how they're similar as far as processing speed because I often get when and I've got a, a lot of balls in the air maybe not as many as you but I, I'm involved in a lot of things and I often get questioned about how do you do this this and this and it's always I can compartmentalize and I can process right and I can usually do those quicker than most but I think you're at another level of it so share that a little bit and it takes practice right I think anyone that's you know playing esports today and plays 12 to 16 hours they're going to process that game faster right it's the cellular input that goes from the conscious into the subconscious neural pathways are formed that create that processing speed and if you've seen and read books like outliers you know 10,000 sure. reputations so if you think about life in the in the form of activity that in a linear time frame we have 24 hours and that there's just activity during that 24 hours there's no work and there's no play. There's activities that you get paid for and activities you don't get paid for. You get activities that increase your health. You have activities that decrease your health. And I think that you mentioned some of the skills that you've learned because you have an extraordinary processing speed because you've had practice. You've been in business a long time. You've owned businesses. You've been in conflicts with businesses and happiness with business and thousands of people that are relying on you and all these things. If you've never had that, how can you process the same way you play golf? And, and the one thing I love about golf, it's like being a quarterback in the NFL. There is no athlete in the world that can pick up a golf club for the very first time. You're given the best set in the world. You're given the best course in the world, the best balls in the world, all the best equipment in the world. And you put them on the tee box for the very first time, and they have no chance, zero, of breaking 100. Of breaking 100. Right. The greatest athlete in the world. Pick whoever you want to say has the best hand-eye coordination, but if they've never played that before. And so that's what they don't understand about being a CEO. You can't just put somebody in to run a business, and I deal with entrepreneurs a lot and innovators, and say, okay, tear up, and expect them to break 100. Right. So let's bring it back to Urban Meyer. Okay. Yeah. So um, you see a lot, if you, especially if you watch Sunday Night Football, uh, you know, Chris Collinsworth talks about the percentages where, you know, if they go for it here, they have a 13% chance to win. If they do nothing, they have a 22% chance. And you start breaking down all of these minute details that need to be made in the moment decisions, right? So when those things happen and you have a person like 
Urban Meyer has been incredibly successful, especially at Ohio State, and this is, comes on the heels of Florida. He's eighty-two and nine there. He's won seven consecutive titles, and stress and the ability to make those decisions and the ability to process. I kind of get it, right? Like, you know, there's a lot of mo- key moments in every single game. Maybe not when you're up fifty-five to ten, but in in a lot of those games and the stress level associated with that position. Like you said, it's got to be one of the most stressful positions in the world. You make a really good point. It is one of the most stressful positions because of so many people relying and watching you, right, with their emotions attached, right? People, when you deal with your children, high pressure. When you deal with these alumni, it's high pressure. And and don't discount the games that are 55 to 5 or or 4, right, or whatever the scores are. Because here's the problem with those games as far as stress, (laughs) You put more pressure on yourself because you can't lose those. Because what happens is if you end up losing the Purdue game by 21, you don't make the national championship series. And so, and he's been around a long time and he knows that. So what, what happens? You're stressed, 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 stressed all the way up. Then in the second half when you're up 45 to 7, you get a nice little day and a half break. <laughs> right? From stress. Right. And then no matter who you're playing, it's just what degree of stress are you going to have? Well, and the thing that I think people forget when they start putting, you know, uniforms out there, right? It's Ohio State and Michigan. It's a bunch of 20-year-olds playing as each other. If that. Right? That <laughs> that might have a girlfriend that broke up with them that week or may have a test that they bombed or, right. or a, a or number of things. Or their mom's mad at them. Right. So <laughs> when you start dealing with the management of, of people that are at that age, right, it's it's a special skill. Oh, gosh. And now because of the way uh, the, the administrative responsibilities are, I used this analogy last night. I was with uh, Ed Milet and Dean Graziosi, pretty intelligent people. And I brought up the fact, because they were talking about this pressure, I said, imagine if they told you as a professor, this is why, because they asked if I would like to be a head coach someday, right? Because I can recruit and, you know, manage the greatest coaches. But think about this. If I was just a teacher, and I, you know, I'm an adjunct professor at UCI Law School, if they told me in my small class, you're going to be responsible for these young people, for everything that they do inside the classroom, outside the classroom, and you should, you should know what they're doing because you're the head coach. Now take that with a hundred and some football players, and you're supposed to know every, not only them though, but now your coaches. You got to know what they're doing in their personal life, and, you, and you're responsible for all of this. Forget the game pressure. I don't want that responsibility. And that's why Urban Meyer's, you know, forget the cyst in his brain and pressure. I think he's going to the NFL because these NFL coaches, right, uh, are not responsible for Hunt. Right. Kareem Hunt, you know, he yeah. he does something that's not looking good for Kareem Hunt right now. Right, as far as he's, the video shows. <laughs> he's fired immediately, right? He oh, no longer has a job. Yeah, in college. And, and no or one at least suspended is, for three games. And no one else is even touching him right now. But in in college, that somehow becomes Urban Meyer's fault. That becomes a black eye on the organization of Ohio State. If something like that were to happen, I get getting away from it. But I also, out of the other side of my mouth, will say, if you have college dialed, right, like Nick Saban seems to have college dialed, I don't think there's a better job in the world. When Steve Sprayer was at Florida, I don't think he ever bought a meal in that town, right? Oh, well, that's the positive side of it. But I don't think it's the greatest job in the world. If you look at the greatest coaches, Belichick and Saban, and they look stressed. <laughs> they they don't look they don't glow. 
You know, you know, look at Tony, you know Tony Gonzalez. Pete Carroll's the only guy who can pull that off. I yeah, think. he does too, <laughs> and he's, he ages well. Great point. I apologize, but you know, I'd rather be Tony Gonzalez because those guys on you know James Brown and Tony, all these guys, like even Terry Bradshaw, he looks better today than he did ten years he ago. He looks the same as he did ten years ago, which <laughs> which is better by everybody else's standards. Right. All right. Uh, I want to stay on this subject, but let's switch to the players aspect of it when we get back. Uh, keeping your health important. Uh, bowl season coming up. I want your thoughts on that. Fournette and McCaffrey did it a few years ago. We'll hear who's doing it next. More Blender in just a few. Welcome back to the Blender. Jason Wren and Dave Meltzer, thank you for your tweets. Uh, you can find David at David Meltzer. I'm at Jason M. Brennan on Twitter. Uh, we're getting quite a few over on the subject, so appreciate that. And uh, we'll try to get more of those into the show as we move forward. Uh, we talked about health, right? And and you've always said, you know, prioritize your health because everything else kind of comes after that, right? does not matter if you're not around, correct, right, and, and your health is part of that, it's a big part of that. Uh, so in 2016, Leonard Fournette and Christian McCaffrey, and this was early on in our shows here at this location. I remember that. It's amazing to think that it's been a few years that we've been doing these things. Crazy. Uh, but they decided they were not going to play in their bowl games, right? And there was a lot of heat at the time uh, because people came out and said, you don't care, you're letting your team down. I think even I said I would not appreciate somebody doing that if I, if they were my teammate, right? Um if you're the best teammate, especially like both of those guys were, because they didn't want to get hurt for the NFL draft. I think it's becoming more popular now, and maybe Joey Bosa's younger brother might be doing the same thing at Ohio State. I kind of get it, right? Well, like Nick Nick Bosa left right, right during the season, even worse. Right. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely going to be more common. And what, what will happen, which is nice for the players that do it, is that because it becomes the norm, the team, the school, the fans will be less offended. They'll be less offended. I think McCaffrey and Fournette, those are two, you know, Stanford and LSU have pretty strong alumni. They have pretty strong student participation. And, and I think they had very challenging times. But the, the truth is, you know what they do is they don't even show up to school anymore because they, they can't face their, their teammates. They literally, you know, their friends are their friends and everyone else can go forget them. And then they know how fickle they are, that if they do well in the NFL, they'll grab onto him. Stanford won't deny him because they want to say that McCaffrey went to Stanford, right? And they'll bring him back and celebrate him because he's one of the best alumni ever. So they get away with it. Uh, I personally don't like it at all. It's, it's like you put faith in what you don't want. I almost think your karma is if you do it, you're going to end up getting injured anyway. Not in that game, but when you get to the NFL. <laughs> so I, I, I just I, I don't like it. You play four years or five years, and you just leave everyone in the biggest game of your career. So I would agree with that, and I think we talked about it a little bit that you know you played Division three, three? Yeah. Division three football, and. Those moments were the biggest moments in your life, in some of them, right? I mean, your kids and your wife and all that. I'm not discounting that by any means. Obviously, that goes straight One of to the, the biggest top. Moments, but right. when you start getting in your sports career, that's that's it, right? Like you yeah. know, whether it's the biggest game that you played, that you, you're on a football field, and maybe you had a big moment, or maybe you just watched somebody that was your teammate for four years have an incredible moment. Uh, but if you would missed the Sun Bowl in your Leonard Fournette, right? Yeah. And your team went six and five that year. Does it really make a difference? Like, I get if you miss the Rose Bowl or so you miss a national this championship. This is where it game. makes a difference is that t- take someone like me, and I've I played, you know, if, if I played Division One, I'd have played five years. And the Sun Bowl, although I was six and five, it's my first bowl game ever. 
and my chance of winning diminishes. And I look, I've looked up to you. I've, I've worked hard in practice to make you better. I've done everything, right? And there's supposed to be some sort of uh, responsibility to your teammates that we're in this together and, you know, I'm part of this team till the end. And I think the character, the character and the lessons of football are what carried me through into, into success. And I think that that is the problem with these guys doing it is that they're losing the lessons that they should be learning, that they're all together one and that we do things and we're of service and we're not scarce and we're not fearful. We don't put faith in worrying. I, I played five years and all of a sudden I'm going to get hurt in this game. Yes, percentage-wise, that could happen. Percentage-wise, they could get hit by a car or drown in a bathtub as well, but they still take baths and cross the street. Um, so I, I, I get being cautious and, and there's a lot of money at stake and you don't want it to happen, but I trust the universe much more. I trust my teammates much more. I have a different perspective because I'm not those guys. Um, and I've been an agent, and as an agent... Well, I let's just talk about that, yeah. because uh, Lee Steinberg was having quite the resurgence as an agent over the last couple of years, mostly because of Patrick Mahomes, who we went all in on. Uh, but he's been, you know, you worked for him, you were a CEO, and, and he had, you guys had, together, eight first-round, first-overall picks. that were Most of them were Hall of Famers, right? That was not even an option back then. If you had told Troy Aikman you got to sit out for the final two games because we don't want you to get hurt, or Warren Moon, we don't want you to get hurt, I don't think it would have been received very well. They're competitors, right? But now, in 2018, if you had Patrick Mahomes in college, would you say, hey, you have a bright future ahead of you. Don't risk it. I would not, but I understand why people do it. I, right? I, under, I don't have you – know, it, it's, it's their choice – Right in their value system. In my value system, I would not do it. But I would allow a client of mine. Would you bring it up? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'd bring it up and say, let's balance your personal values, the experiential values, the giving values, and receiving values. And if this time in your life, your receiving values are more important than all these other ones, personal, experiential, and giving, because those are the three, I think, that are outweighing the receiving, then make the decision. But, but do it in a cognitive way, knowing your values and be aware of why you're doing it and own it and be accountable and say, you know what, at this time in my life, I have to be selfish and I'm asking for your forgiveness from my teammates and don't shy away from it. I, you know, I would call, have them call a meeting with their team and let them know, Hey, I'm accountable for this, but you know, at this time in my life, because of my family situation, my economic situation, the risk is too high. Now, when you, you talk about that, I think, Christian McCaffrey, Leonard Fournette, they both play positions that are highly injured, right? right. And, and you go back to Willis McGahee or somebody. There's You can go find an example of somebody whose life was, life was changed based on their last college football game. Quarterbacks tend to not get hurt, right? I mean, right. we've seen it a little bit in the Especially NFL in recently. The NFL. <laughs> uh, but we've, we've seen it. Like Washington is playing Mark Sanchez, which tells you people got hurt, right? Adrian Peterson, hands off, right? That's right. I, somehow he's uh, 52 years old and still running 95-yard touchdowns, but he, they have Mark Sanchez out there. No knock on Mark. Good for him that he got a got another gig. But yeah. uh, that tells you that uh, they're not having very good luck. But if you're a quarterback in college football, you're probably pretty safe, right? Do you do you weigh that as well? Yeah. Do you say, look, as a wide receiver, as a running back, as somebody who could get hurt, let's let's be extra careful here. Yeah, and wide receivers don't usually get career-ending injuries. Running backs do. 
right? And linemen don't. You know, Nick Bosa, he's already – so, yes, you take it into consideration, but it's just – people don't understand values. You take values day by day. And what happens is you just want to be accountable for what values and how you're weighing those values. And hopefully at the end of your life, they're all balanced out. You look back and say, you know what? A quarter of my life was spent on integrity. care. Like I really just stood by my character and values, my personal values. I, I 25% of my life was just to have the experiences. 25% of my life was to give to others and be of service. And 25% of my life was to receive so I could give even more. All right. Well, we're going to keep an eye on this subject. As of, as of right now, it looks like Ed Oliver, defensive lineman from Houston, who's supposed to be a top five pick. Uh, Nick out. Bosa, who could be the number one overall pick, is not participating. As you mentioned, he left the team after the third game where he had a groin injury, and uh, he is out. Greedy Williams, cornerback, top ten pick. A uh, lot of guys, though, that you might not miss if you're watching a football game, right? Like, yeah. It's not what it was with Christian McCaffrey and Leonard Fournette, who sold tickets. Although the kid, right from uh, Oklahoma, he's gonna he's gonna sign and leave his team and go play baseball. I think he got four million as a signing bonus. To yeah, play with baseball. Oakland A's, Keller Murray, and yeah, and he's one that is being viewed right now as somebody who is one of those tweeners on the NFL field, right? right. And uh, I heard Todd McShay talk about him and said, "Look, he could be a starter. He could be a dynamic player." Uh, Baseball, $4 million. He's got to at least go give it a shot, I think. Yeah, but, uh, and he's pretty good at it. And, and But he's a very good football player who I don't think there's any chance of him missing a game based on his value to Oklahoma yeah. and what he's been able to do this past year. And, and you know, Baker Mayfield, who I know you were high on, he stepped in and done a really good job. Absolutely, and broke some records too. So um, it, it, what I love about all, all of the, the conversations that we're having is that there's so much depth to what goes on now. And part of it is just the access to the information and the history of the sport that we now can evolve and say, oh, you remember McGahee or this and that. And then there's so much money involved that has a whole nother nuance. To me, it's part of the entertainment. It's part of the platform. It's what makes it so interesting. So what makes the blender interesting is that you can get down to issues that people don't really realize. Let, let me tell you something really interesting real quick. I was with Kobe Bryant with Tencent and... I, I made an observation at a high level, and it reminded me of you, Jason, because you have such insight on stuff. But I said, do you ever notice that Michael Jordan, when he holds a ball, and they had a picture of it, it looks like he was just taking a breath because he was tired. He'd hold the ball like on his right hand. Right, hip. I can picture it. And I said that to Kobe. I go, was he tired? Or, you know, he goes, or I go, was he strategizing? He said, oh, no, Dave, look at this. Look at his calf muscle. It was clenched. He says, he's lulling you to sleep. He like literally was so far above the game that right he knew to the point where I'm gonna pretend like I'm resting, but meanwhile in two seconds I'm gonna be past this guy because I'm preparing to move. That's the type of information that makes the sport so interesting, and there's so many people studying it. And I think these issues we're talking about today are indicative of that. So I want to ask you, what made you think to ask that question? Because that's a really, it's a very you know, fine-tuned observation that I don't think you have the basketball background for. And I'm not knocking you, no, but I just saw that's the a good question. I saw the picture. I'm like, he looks tired, right? And, and so I'm like, I didn't seem like Michael Jordan-esque. He looked was so, so tired. I can kind of, picture it, though. He'd you know, pull the ball back exactly. and he would, you know. And, 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 you know and, and I was like, is he either strategizing or is he just resting so he can kick your butt? And he goes, oh, oh no, he's so good, David. Look at the right calf. 
And I'm like, I would have never, like, you look at me going, I would have never thought you. I wouldn't have asked that. I wouldn't have thought to ask that question. Right. And then to the next level, Kobe's answer was not the one yeah, I was, it was looking for. It was That's much, what makes sports so cool. And uh, Kobe doing some great things. I, I can't wait to hear that interview. He's got the Mamba Training Academy that's opening up and uh, very involved in entrepreneurship. And I'm sure you can mentor him a little bit in that Global capacity. ambassador to basketball as well. Yeah, uh, not doing too and bad. Great dad stories. You got to hear what I, he does. I've talked to him a little bit about that. Uh, his his kids play at, at yeah. that place. So, all right. Well, when we get back, uh, we are going to hear Colton Haynes. You might not be expecting this one. Might be a little different for you, but give a listen to it. Teen Wolf star Colton Hayes coming up next on the Blender. All right, this is Dave Meltzer, CEO of Sports One Marketing, here with Entrepreneur the Playbook, and I am here, and I'm losing my mind again. <laughs> I am here with Colton Haynes. What's up? What's up? At de- the Desert Smash? I didn't know you were a tennis player. I'm not. A tennis really? Player. Um, I am a. They, the announcer kind of he said the funniest insult I've ever heard in my entire life, which is, Colton Haynes. He has a great house with no furniture. <laughs> That is, is that true? Well, I have a great house with great furniture, but oh. basically saying that right. I as a tennis player, player, but I suck. So speaking of um, looks, yeah. right? You started your career. You've been a model. Uh, back in the day, God, when I was fourteen, I started. Yeah. So you're not so. going to believe this, but one of my bucket list things was to be a model. Oh yeah. Now, I finally did it. I'm, you know, Redken is a yeah. their sponsor here. Yeah. So they have a product called Camouflage, which okay. is like a gray away. Yeah. So I finally got old enough and ugly enough where I could become a L'Oreal model. And I did this whole big thing with videos, how like you can, because I wrote a book called Manifest Anything You Desire. Yeah. It's called Connected to Goodness. And I'm like, see, if this can be a, this could be a model, right? This did is- make it in the book? Oh, not, no, because I wrote it beforehand. You need to write a sequel. Like, yeah. You're now a model. I am not in- I mean- I, so, so, so hopefully when I go to these celebrity tournaments, they're going to say that, you know, I have an apartment with no furniture or something. Oh, I, I didn't understand what he was saying. I was like, how does he know where I live. Right, that's what I was trying and to figure, but like, then I got oh, it. Oh, it's a diss. Okay, thanks. Well, I appreciate it. Being good looking is a diss. That's cool. Well, anyway. I've been 30 pounds in the past four months, so I'm just like, you're a stud. Because of this, so yeah. I, I'll, I'll be with you tonight oh. drinking. So um, it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, they want to be either actors, entertainers, athletes, yeah. and it's a really challenging lifestyle. <laughs> and what's the hardest part about being, because you, you are, you, you've been in Teen Wolf, successful, Arrow, yeah. I think it's your new starring role. Yeah, I've been, I did, I was on that show for a couple of years and I, I just now went back. Um, but I think it was like, it was so interesting for me kind of starting because I guess my first big show was Teen Wolf. Um, and it's weird because I kind of never thought, I always wanted to act because I did Broadway when I was a kid. Yeah. And then I went through puberty at like 11, <laughs> lost my voice. Um, and then moved back to Kansas. And then I started Teen Wolf and it was like reignited this amazing kind of love that I have for acting. Um, but I still like, I mean, I don't really, I am an actor but I don't consider myself an actor because realistically I'm just saying lines in front of a camera. And like, you know. <laughs> you be yourself. Yeah, I'm just being myself. But um, yeah, I mean, I just have so much fun doing it. And I, as long as I still love it, I, I'm gonna keep doing it. But I've taken a bunch of time off here and there and figured out other things to do. And yeah, so I mean, right now I'm, doing that but i don't know what else and i don't know maybe i could come work for you guys yeah oh get get my card we absolutely (laughs) so i I know like everyone else you had anxiety in your life i still i don't think it goes away it's funny like it's something people are like i i left you know a couple shows that i was doing because i couldn't even i don't know it's funny because i i i talked really publicly about this not maybe a year ago and i was just like i couldn't go to work because i would i would puke i would faint and i'd be like what like i couldn't even 
I black out in the middle of um, you know lines and things like that. And I tried you know I tried every medication. I've tried that, um, and I'm a massive fan of being on medication just yeah. because I think it really is a problem, a chemical imbalance in people's minds and their bodies. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just had to talk about it because people kept saying you're being dramatic, you're being this, you're being that. I'm like overactor, you're. Think I want to like. I, I'm not sweating or like you know lying on the ground shaking because I'm being dramatic. So right, but it um, did manifest itself in a physical way though. It did beyond passing out and puking. Oh, yeah. Did you have like ulcer or something? I still have an, ul- I have an you ulcer. You do still, yeah. Wow. And it's it's just because you. I think especially in a business. Obviously, it's what you do. I'm not saying you have an ulcer. Yeah, but, uh, no, my family yeah. ulcers were in my family. My dad, my grandfather, even my little brother had yeah. childhood ulcers. Yeah. So it was something when I read about it, I'm like, damn, because I for whatever reason either I have like a cast iron stomach or later on in life I learned to meditate which helped me yeah. I, and I self-medicated by the way for a good yeah. five or six years yeah, so I mean, that I, may I have helped as well I, now I found, I found <laughs> that tequila good did it. <laughs> I don't think that they're it's lemonade I, I think it's literally lemonade so I'm like this isn't working and I have to play with Serena in a minute oh no for an hour so um, <laughs> she, wouldn't, she wouldn't care but uh, let's go back to yeah. you know playbook you know it's a highly competitive field and you started at a young age I've been in and out of it for a young age Tell me if you were going to give advice to your 14-year-old self, looking back on this great career of yours, ups and downs, but what kind of playbook would you tell your 14-year-old self to follow? Oh, gosh. I would would definitely say, I mean, stretch. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Me too. Don't eat how I eat now. Eat healthy. Do not eat Taco Bell, even though it's the greatest (laughs) thing that's ever happened into the world. Shameless Um, plug for Taco Bell. I loved it. I I got into a Twitter fight with Taco Bell because they were like, because I said I was talking shit about them, and I was like, do not tweet me. Leave me alone. And they were like, we'll send you a thing. And I'm like, I don't want any more. I've gained too much weight. Um, So I think my 14-year-old self, also be more authentic to yourself because I, you know, I got in this industry and was be, always being told by my entire team, you know, you can't be yourself, you can't be this, you can't, you know, lower your voice for certain things. Um, we're gonna give you a million different girlfriends, and you're gonna date, you're gonna date them. But whenever I, you know, came out and was just more authentic to myself, yeah. my life changed. It was this thing where, you know, I wasn't defined by any. I had no boundaries. And it, like literally, right after it happened, I got two big movie offers. I got a, I got a, I got American Horror ah. Story with Ryan Murphy. I and find your frequency, this, right? It was just this amazing thing where I'm not any different. I still act exactly the same. I just, you know, I'm actually myself. And you know, I had a very supportive family. Um, well, not in the beginning, uh, <laughs> not at all. But um, I moved in with a couple people in my family and just moved different high schools, and everything was great. So once I moved out of Kansas, I moved to Florida, then to Texas, and I just got to be myself. And then I moved to Hollywood. And I didn't get to be myself for like 10 years. So. Right. Yeah, but now it's everything, the rules are changing and people are just. It's awesome. Yeah, so I would definitely tell my 14 year old self just to be yourself and not really. Honestly, if people have issues issues with the way you're living your life, it's not their business. Yeah. yeah. All right, your philosophy on pursuing your potential? I need to conti- I need to work a lot harder to pursue my potential because I. I don't know. I think I just have this thing where I always try to find the easy way out, which is a horrible, horrible, horrible. Do you think that's because people? Because you know, I find a lot of people that have young success, right? You, it's been easy for you, so you consistently kind of go to the path of least resistance. That's exactly what I do, and it's one of my main flaws of of the many. yeah, and it's funny. I, I, my manager's actually here. I was just playing tennis with him. Not well, I wasn't playing with him because he's so good. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, they're trying to constantly, you know, help me see the potential of myself. But 
when I have all these other things that I've been doing for a while and they're just coming back at me being like, hey, come back to this show, come back to this, it's hard to say no. So, um, yeah, I need to be a, little, a lot more consistent. So. How old are you right now? I'm 29. 29, that's yeah. it. So you just, you're hitting that age. You and I, when I hit 29, yeah. I had the same thing because I could not gain, I played football in college yeah. and I couldn't gain weight. So my eating habits were horrendous, right? They'd have me eat those big burritos. Yeah, it was awesome until you start realizing, because I had a father that had the same thing. He said, well, wait till you're 30. And I'm like, in my mind, first of all, I worked out all the time. And and I'm like, there's no way I'm ever going to stop working out. My metabolism is going to slow down. Now I'm 50. I look at food. Oh, yeah, like, so I look at, I love McDonald's, so that's I my... I love McDonald's, too. And I look at it, I love Warren Buffett, because he can eat McDonald's and live forever. But I, And he doesn't seem that fat either, but yeah. I literally, I ate so much when I was little. And People always say that, they're like, oh, wait till you're 30. Well, I waited till I was 28, and then it was like, where the... I don't, I can't take my shirt off anymore. I'm like, this is really yeah. awkward. And then it just gets worse, and I keep, I blame, I blame it on everything. I, my doctor, it's, it's like a stand-up routine when I go into it, because right. he's like, what's your thing now? He's like, what, what, what are you going to, what's your excuse now? And I, I make up all this crazy shit. But, um, so, yeah, I mean... You know, it's, it's interesting because I get a lot of athletes yeah. and everybody says, oh, you know, in high school I was good and every level, and this is, I want your opinion, yeah. in entertainment, uh, and I think it's harder if you're really good looking. And I, you know, not to embarrass you, like, you might think that you're fat now, but you know, I, I love the line from David Letterman when Brad Pitt was on yeah. and he's like, oh, you're so good looking, of course. And he looked at him and he looked at me and he says, do you know how many good looking guys there are in the world? He goes, I'm a great actor. I mean, you get your jobs, you, you know, whether it's natural you know or trained it doesn't matter you know I've watched you know teenage daughters so I've watched your stuff and um, you know you're a good actor and it, it probably helps when you're a good actor and good-looking but then there's good actors that aren't good-looking that fit certain roles as well it's definitely you know I mean there's been all these actors who say oh it's so hard because when you're good-looking you don't get roles but really like I have no, no problem one, getting roles no. but, but it's funny but like no I'm not I don't know. For in the past, it's hard to be for people to relate to someone who looks like Brad Pitt. Right. So it's kind of. I mean, the stuff I've been doing. If I want to do teenage television and things like that for a while, I mean, I guess it would work in your favor. But it's hard for people to take you seriously because they they hear, oh, you're a model. Um, they don't hear like I got a 32 on my my ACT. So. Um, Which is really good, by the so way. So I'm like, yeah. So, but yeah, it's. it's like funny. Kobe Bryant, you know, had a 1490 on his SAT. Oh yeah. And Kobe. The, won a freaking Oscar. Oscar. Yeah, then people are pissed off. I was watching and I was like, what the heck? <laughs> um, yeah, but I think, I mean, obviously, you know, looks go hand in hand with, with this industry. Um, I think people pay way too much attention to it, but if you at least not take yourself too seriously and, you know, not buy into all the hype or whatever, yeah. I don't know. I don't really know. I mean, I'm sure it's helped me get roles, but I really... What's your, what's your favorite part about acting? Um, besides craft service, um, <laughs> my favorite part about acting is, oh God, what is my favorite part? What is my favorite part about acting? Um, I think it's just meeting the people because okay. it's, it's really cool because I, on the, every project I've worked with, I've become best friends with at least two or three. And it was nice. so fun for me this year. I, I got married last, last year. And just to look out and see three people from that show, five people wow, from that nice. show, and you really you, you gain families over the. But that's how you so. build your career. You said yeah, you made so cool. your future self. All these people you met, they, they, you know, I say elevate others to elevate yourself. Yeah, it's so true. And, and I, keep, like, I got a role. 
because I said some, some I said something stupid at an award show and <laughs> someone literally was like you're that was funny and then I got a call like a week later saying do you want to do this movie and I was like what and I'm like I idolized this person so I was like yeah of course so that's really awesome. it's just trying to be yourself and not give not take yourself too seriously <laughs> ah, that's all about me last yeah. question yeah. what legacy I know you're only tw 29 years old yeah, what legacy do you want to leave what legacy do I want to leave um these are great questions. It's not my first rodeo. I know, obviously it's not. Gosh. Um, uh, the legacy I'm going to leave. Um, oh, God, it's such a great question. <laughs> Take Just your time. The, I don't know. I want people to know that, I, that I've always like, been you know, caring and always been nice and um, always tried to really like treat others how they're going to be treated and um, also just to be outspoken and not, don't be afraid to like have fun and like I don't know cuss and nice I, don't cuss. Know, I don't know the legacy of cussing <laughs> just, just like, I don't know just, no. yeah I don't something like that well I have to tell you I had Dennis Rodman on here and yeah. he swore a lot but you uh, you I definitely I like think kindness yeah. kindness you know just your ability to be honest yeah. oh, I'm you know, and you're freak which is awesome and I think yeah. you'll, you'll create a great legacy and I hope that you don't quit on uh, in, on the uh the acting side and I do meditation may be my only advice to you everyone says that and I try and it makes me angry <laughs> oh so yeah I I first person like, I met like, meditation like mindfulness and I'm like I have the app you have a headspace or something I have headspace yeah, it's yeah. like am I supposed to just sit here I, I need to go do, so, I need to learn just so you know I, when I was the same way <laughs> until I was 38 years old yeah. and somehow it just took and over the last decade especially because I was like on my way to Alsterville for sure, and Anxietyville, and blame, shame, and justification. Yeah. But hopefully, if you keep keep it keep it available as you get older, and don't quit on the Taco Bell or McDonald's because I think there's an energy and a happiness that comes from those great foods. But it doesn't just go in moderation. It just stays inside. In moderation. It's like when you when you when you swallow gum, it doesn't go away for seven years. And right. It's like every time I have Taco That's Bell. That's a Taco. You're gonna get all these tweets now from Taco Bell. No, because we're in a fight. Taco Bell, if you come after me again, that'd be for a really good amount of money. Yeah. Well, I'm an, I'm an agent, so call me, yeah. and we'll work a Taco Bell deal or a McDonald's deal. I feel deal. like Josh Duhamel's almost done with his deal with Taco Bell. Right. So I'm free. There you go. I'll like you again if you give me a bunch of money. <laughs> Dave Belter with Colton here on Entrepreneur, The Playbook. Welcome back to The Blender. Jason Wren and Dave Meltzer. Uh, Colton Hayes, not your typical Blender or Playbook guest. Uh, yeah. Tell me about it. I was more interested in the health, the mental health side. And as you could hear, there's some great insight on how your health is so important uh, to anything in life. And, and here's a kid who has been famous for a long time and has a huge following. And I think it's important to understand that athletes are entertainers and that that health issue can, just like Urban Meyer, really get in the way of your success. Well, make sure you subscribe to The Playbook. Uh, it's on Entrepreneur Media. You can find new episodes weekly there. Uh, some good ones coming up, including uh, some, some of the top athletes, coaches, and entrepreneurs in the world. So uh, subscribe to that. Uh, Texans have been in the news quite a bit. The Texans uh, owner and founder passed away recently. Uh, George W. George H. W. Bush uh, passed away this past week, and he was very close to Bill O'Brien and, and some of the uh, the Texans success team down there and uh, the keys to Texan success as uh, according to Alex Breer from Sports Illustrated uh, seemed a little basic to me but I think they're all pretty good uh, love football good teammate compete be dependable good work habits coachable good learner 
good preparation habits, good personal and football character, and unselfish. A very common theme there, and not too different than what most successful companies use. Or successful people. You know, my eSport team, for example, we took very similar things. Just take out the word football, put in eSport. We uh, got acquired by Delaware North uh, in the Overactive League, and huge acquisition for Better World Peace and I uh, for our splice team. But it was funny because I'm looking down these, and some people said they were stupid. And I was like, wait a second. These are the exact same things that we use. That's what I said. <laughs> right. So, no, I think those are good characteristics. And then when I questioned Blaine on why these you know, were bad, I said, they're simple, but they're important. And he goes, well, the universe loves simple. And it does, because the simple truths are the truth. They vibrate the fastest, and they mean the most, and they have the most impact in our life. So if you're coaching Bill O'Brien, which very well could happen, which three of these would you look at and say, I, if I'm going to have a successful football organization, knowing what you know about the world of professional football, and, and I, I say this always because Warren Moon's your business partner, right? You yeah. know successful football. Which three would you pick? Habits, right? The two go together. Good work habits. you got to have habits. Two, love football, because if, if you love it, you have all these things are included into it, and then unselfish. All right, that's it right there. This has been The Blender. Jason Brennan, Dave Meltzer, thank you for listening. See you next week.